I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. A Thursday show for you. Bob Nightingale, baseball columnist for USA Today, will join us. We'll talk some Mets. We'll talk some Yankees. We got a Ranger Game 5 tonight, a pivotal Game 5, as the Rangers have eaten the series. The gritty, gutty Rangers, who have just seemingly been playing catch-up all postseason, have now evened it at 2, so we'll get into that series here in a minute. Uh, we'll start with the baseball. And the Yankees off of an, uh, a really, it's funny to say this, but an important win against the Orioles really these last two nights. You know, it hasn't been pretty. They went 2 nothing uh, last night. They won 7-6 to Tuesday night as they fought back. And, boy, uh, things cha- have changed quickly here in the last week or so. And I think it's they're going to be okay. The MRI on Stanton is actually pretty promising from what Boone said. Now, Boone's had a, uh, you know, a history in the past of underselling these injuries. Hey, it's fine. It's not that serious. Next thing you know, three months later, the guy's still not back. But it does sound like Stanton, it's not exactly a calf strain like they thought or they feared. It's more ankle inflammation. So it sounds like Stanton will be back once the 10 days are up. And that's a huge break for the Yankees because, boy, the hits have just come in bunches here these last few days between Donaldson and uh, Gallo on, on the COVID IL. Okay, you can live with that. They'll be back uh, shortly. Gallo already came back last night. But LeMay, he was dealing with a wrist. Again, that doesn't sound too serious. But the issues with the bullpen, I mean, Lewise gets the IL. Green is done for the season, done probably as a Yankee. He's going to have Tommy John. Chapman's been a disaster. Now he's hurt. Now you could probably, some of people probably make the case that's a blessing in disguise because that makes him use Holmes as the closer, which uh, I, I think is the long-term solution. I mean, he's just so much better than Chapman. He's just so much better than Chapman. I think you have to close Holmes. I think it's borderline 
malpractice to put Chapman back in that closer role. Now, again, Chapman's got a big ego. He's, you know, he, he's closed a lot of games, a borderline Hall of Fame type closer. He's not going to want to be relegated to the sixth or seventh inning, but, you know, even when he is healthy and, and he's had a habit of looking shaky, then coming on strong, even, you know, past years where he's looked really bad at times and he's come back, velocity's ticked up as the summer goes along. The war weather gets warmer, his arm gets looser, he gets stronger, but. I would not. I'd have a hard time putting him back in that role now. If you put him somewhere and he starts to be dominant, maybe you think about it. But to me, it's it's Holmes' job to lose as the closer. But uh, the Yankees look. It's um, an important win yesterday, and I'll just use the expression "steal wins." You just got to steal wins while you can because this line, this lineup, they're rolling out there with uh, Anderhart batting fifth last night. The other night, Kiner Falefa hitting fifth. Florial just got optioned down. I mean, Hicks is an automatic out. Trevino's giving him a little pop at catcher, but Higashioka doesn't hit. Even Trevino, you don't feel like he's going to hit big-time pitching. You know, it's just it's not a great lineup. It, even when the lineup is fully healthy, I think there's still at least a bat short. And yeah, one good bat short, I would say. Uh, with injuries, with no Stanton in particular, it's just it's a tough lineup, and especially with LeMahieu not in there. So uh, Yankees in action to play the Rays now. Uh, Yankees are minus 130. Cortez going against Yarborough. Total 7.5. I would take the race here plus the money. I would look at the under for all the reasons I just mentioned. I just don't like this Yankee lineup right now. Uh, why would you pitch the judge? I mean, what sense does that make to pitch the judge? If I'm a pitcher, if I'm another team, you know, judge, you can. Here's four curveballs in the dirt. If you want to strike yourself out, go ahead. If you want to not swing at any of them and take first base, you can do that too. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to challenge you. I'm not going to throw you strikes. I'm not going to let you hit the ball nine miles. I'll let Gleyber Torres beat me. I'll let Hicks beat me. I'll let somebody else beat me. If Hicks hits the, it's a home run, you know what? I'll live with it. Uh, I'm not going to let Judge, who's just been incredible this season, hasn't been good. He's been great. I'm not going to let Judge beat me. So this lineup, you know, you got Rizzo. You got some guys. Torres has swung the bat a little better. He's still not a good fielder. But this lineup with no Stanton here is definitely – uh, shorter. You're gonna need. You're gonna need Gallo to have one of these stretches here, like he's capable. Where he hits five home runs in a week. You know, he, he goes on a stretch where he gets hot and uh, he just he kind of carries you for a couple days. Everyone else has had their turn. Torres has had his moments. Rizzo's had his moments. Judge certainly has. Stanton's had him here and there. Uh, you're gonna need some of that from Gallo. And I, I thought, you know, this is a, an opportunity going into this weekend. We've had this weekend circled for a while now. Memorial Day weekend, the first time against the Rays. Raves are their chief competitor in the AL East, at least by the standings. Blue Jays still working, but they haven't played great. This is a situation where you're going to Tampa with the goal of taking three out of four, maybe even sweeping, and really delivering a blow. Really putting some distance between yourself and Tampa. Now I think you take a different mindset. Now look, you always try to win every game. If you can go in there and sweep, obviously you, you want to go in there and sweep. But I think realistically... I think 2-2 is fine. If you go here and you split the four games and you just kind of move along until you get your team healthy, uh, similar to the Met, what the Mets are doing now, we'll get to the Mets here in a minute. When you have this many injuries, if you can just kind of hold ground, I think that's, uh, look, you always want to be greedy. You always want to win every game, like I said. But uh, if you can just hold ground, I think that's a, a fair goal here uh, for the Yankees. So I would lean towards the under. I would lean towards the Rays. Maybe a Yankees team total under. I just don't see. They never play well in that ballpark to begin with. I have a hard time seeing them generate runs when it's basically Judge and not a lot else in that lineup. Now, uh, looks like LeMahieu, that injury is not too serious, so maybe you'll get him this weekend. I would think you would. He wasn't put on the IL. There was a list of guys, a litany of guys put on the IL. He wasn't one of them. So maybe I'm overstating a little bit, but and who knows? Maybe you get something out of Andujar. I mean, Andujar is a guy who... 
was neck and neck with Otani for Rookie of the Year not that long ago. I know it's already four years ago now, and it, it doesn't seem like that long ago in, in some ways, and in some ways it does seem like a while ago. So maybe Andahar, you can resurrect his bat. You know, maybe Torres, Gallo, some of these other guys can step up. Donaldson, you get back here in the next day or two, you would think. But uh, without Stanton, now you're going to get him back. It looks like pretty soon it's not going to be a long-term thing, which is uh, avoiding a major issue. That would have been a big deal for the Yankees to not have Stanton here for the next you know, two, three months. And he's had the, these issues with the Yankees where he gets hurt and he stays hurt. So looks like you're going to avoid that. But if you're the Yankees, you know what? Look, you'd love to come in here and win three out of four. But if you split these four games, a ballpark you never play well in, uh, you just take your two games and you kind of move on and uh, hope to get healthier here in the coming days, the coming weeks. So that's the Yankees win two out of three against Baltimore. Lost that weird Monday night game with Cole pitching where they had a lead. And look, they bounced back. They won two out of three. You, you take them, you put it in your pocket, and, and you move on. Uh, look, the Yankees, Yankees with, you know, look, a week ago you would have said they're, they're going to win this game by 10-plus game, win this division by 10-plus games. A lot has gone wrong this last week between losing what, four out of five, the injuries. Uh, a lot's gone wrong here in the last week, but the Yankees seem to have recovered a little bit. I think that's a perfect time to play Baltimore. You know, if you're playing another team this week, not named Baltimore. Granted, Baltimore is a little better. But if you're playing another team, if you're playing Boston or the Astros or the Whites, a lot of these teams would have beaten these last two games because this was a really compromised Yankee team, compromised lineup, uh, and really a compromised bullpen. Now, they're, they're down a couple bats. They're down a couple arms in the bullpen. Loise got hurt. King hasn't been effective. Chapman's hurt. Green's out. I do think they have the arms to make up for it in the bullpen. I think Marnaccio, who threw the ball, uh, well, tonight he was recalled, or last night against the Orioles. He got recalled, uh, two innings, perfect. He was good in spring training. He was good early in the year in those Red Sox games. Remember, they had the extra guys on the roster. So I think, you know, him, Sears, Sears threw the ball well. Sears has good stuff. He, he threw a little harder out of the bullpen as a reliever early in the year, but he was still, you know, 94 miles an hour tonight, good mix of pitches. Between Sears and Marinaccio, Schmidt, you know, they haven't gotten anything out of Garcia. He's been terrible in the minors. Heels obviously not in the mix. So the depth is taking a hit, but I do think they have enough of these arms. There's enough depth in terms of the pitching where I think they can survive, and the starters are still really good. You just don't want to be in this bullpen night after night. Uh, but you're going to need some guys to step up. I think that's more favorable than some of, than asking some of these bats to step up. Now, maybe Anderhart gives you a run here, but you know, Florio I don't think is ever going to develop into a prospect. We know Hicks has been a disaster. They just don't have that depth in terms of the bats. So... Uh, I would worry a little bit more about the offense than I would the pitching. I think the pitching, they can piece it together. Although, hey, at some point, you just keep losing guy after guy. It's like the Mets. You keep losing guy after guy. Eventually, you know, next man up, eventually that runs out. Eventually, you know what? The next man up isn't as good as the guy who got hurt. So that's the Yankees. Big series against the Rays. I would lean towards the Rays here. I would lean towards the under with Cortez going. Uh, that's the Yankees situation. The Mets are off. Mets can use an off day. Look, they lose two out of three. They had that crazy game a couple a couple nights ago, 13 to 12, where they rally back from 8-2 in the seventh, and then the Giants rally back. Then the Mets take the lead, and then the Giants uh, do a lot of damage with two outs in the ninth. Just a heartbreaking loss. But hey, the Mets have shown some fight here. Whether it's rallying back in games, whether it's running to first base, they lead the league in infield hits, and I think that's a, you know it's indicative of their hustle, of their fight. So you got to give the Mets credit. They they lose two out of three of the Giants, but they win two out of three against the Rockies. I think similar to the Yankees, where you're just in a position now, sure, you'd like to open up a bigger lead. You'd like to kick Atlanta with their down. But with Scherzer out, with 
McGill out, with DeGrom out, there's only so much you can ask for. And sure, you'd like to run away with this division and build a 9-10 game lead. But if you can just sort of hold ground here against these better teams, still beat the, the Nationals of the world. You know, they play the Phillies two out of three, uh, three, three times this weekend. They are off Thursday. They play Friday, Saturday, Sunday against Philly. If you can win two out of three, then either sweep or win two out of three against Washington. Kind of hold your ground against the Padres and Dodgers. Those are not going to be easy series with the pitching you're going in there with. But if you can just kind of beat up on the bad teams, hold your own against the good teams, play 500 or so the next month, it's going to be hard to build a lead without this pitching. Now, I was confident the Mets could kind of run and hide in this division. But without you know, Scherzer and DeGrom and, and McGill, it's going to be hard to run and hide. But I think this is the scenario here if you're the Mets that you can really just long-term – I think if you can get this scenario, you would sign up for this right now. August 1st, four or five game lead. I know that doesn't sound great because you're up, what, six or seven now, and you'd like to expand that. But if you can get to August 1st, let's just say with a four-game lead, DeGrom healthy, Scherzer healthy, McGill healthy. Hell, if, if DeGrom and Scherzer are healthy, you can live with McGill. I mean, McGill, you'd rather have him than not. But August 1st, four or five game lead, DeGrom healthy, Scherzer healthy. I think that's the goal if you're the Mets. So just... Kind of hang in there, kind of trade punches until you get your big guns back. There was a favorable report that there's optimism the Mets could get to ground back the end of June. That seems that seems optimistic to me. That seems optimistic to me. He's still not throwing off ground. He's still not throwing in games. You're gonna, you're gonna they're gonna be careful with him whether it's simulated games, rehab starts. You know, once he's good to go and throwing off a mound and throwing in games, he, it's still gonna be a little while. So, uh, if you can, if you can get him back sometime in July. Scherzer back sometime in July and just sit there, you know, end of July, early August with a, still a, a somewhat of a reasonable lead in the division and have your pitchers healthy. August, September, boom, you're in the playoffs and you kind of maybe you got the injuries out of the way. Maybe you can look at it that way if you're the Mets. So uh, Mets still in good shape. You know, I think Buck does a good job with the team. You know, they, they run hard to first base every play. I mean, routine ground ball to second base. Then right, Escobar beats it out. They just they run hard. They hustle. They, they never give up on a game. Uh, the kid yesterday got bombed out of the building, so they were Mets were never in that game. The game was five nothing in the first, nine one in the second, so that they were never in it. That's one you can kind of just you know what you put it behind you, you live with it, and you move on. Hopefully, you win two out of three here against the uh, the Phillies. Mets have done a good job here, winning series as have the Yankees. So uh, you can lose, you can live with losing two out of three. You would have liked to get that second game, especially the way you came back, but you won two out of three in Colorado. You lose two out of three in San Fran. Uh, three and three on the road trip. Can, all things considered, without your pitching, without all the guys you're missing, three and three is not that bad, and you just kind of move on. So that's the baseball. The Rangers, 2-2, plus 130 tonight at Bet Rivers. The total is five. The under five is juice plus 120. Uh, boy, the, the Rangers, you know what the, the Rangers remind me of? The 2000, 2017 Yankees. Remember, they were facing, the Yankees were facing elimination that year so many times when they played Minnesota in that playing game. And they had to rally back, and they win it. Then right away, they're down 2 nothing to Cleveland. They had to win three elimination games to win that series. Then they're down right away 2 nothing to Houston the first two games. And then they win the next three, go up 3-2 before Houston rallies back and wins the World Series. It felt like, yeah, it gets to the World Series, and it eventually wins it. It felt like the Yankees could never just get to even. They're always playing catch-up. And once they kind of got to even, got to a good position, Houston beat them game six and game seven. Uh, in Houston. And that kind of feels like this Ranger team. They're just always playing with their back against the wall. 
maybe it's good for them. Maybe they just kind of play their best hockey when the, when their back's up against the wall because down 3-1 to Pittsburgh, they win game five, down 2 nothing. win game six, down 2 nothing. trail late in game seven, and then boom, right off, right off the bat, they blow game one in Carolina, and they're down two games to none where they've rallied back here and they've won uh, both the games in the Garden. And now a pivotal game five. I think we all know the stats. I think it's like 80, 81% of the team that wins game five in a series that's 2-2. Two, two goes on to win the series so big game and, and you know i just I, I have a good feeling about this ranger team i think this ranger team's going to win the series i kind of think this ranger team's going to the finals uh, i know colorado's good i know tampa's good i'm not saying they're winning the whole thing but i just have a feeling this ranger team's got something special about them they've just been down and out so many times and they keep fighting back uh, i'd be very nervous nervous if i was carolina because carolina's had a, a chance here to put the series away and uh, I, I think the Rangers are very dangerous. I think there's some house money uh, here with with the Rangers where look, they've been down and out every step of the way. You're not going to intimidate this Ranger team. And if they have to go in, in Game 7 in Carolina, I don't think they'll be intimidated. I think the goalie will play well. So, um, you know, do they win tonight and then close out in 6? I'm not sure. I kind of think we're headed towards 7. Uh, my prediction right now will be Rangers in 7. So I think they split these next two games and we get a 7th game here in a few days. But I do think the Rangers... Uh, are very live in this series, plus 130 in the series, plus 130 tonight. Uh, I think the Rangers are going to win this series. So it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Colorado still looks like the best team. And Colorado, a chance to put the Blues away last night, up 3 nothing. I don't know if you guys saw it, up 3 nothing. Colorado, uh, the Blues rallied back to tie it with like four minutes to go. Boom, Colorado scores again. Hat trick. There's hats on the ice. Looks like they're advancing to the conference finals. The Blues tie it, and then the Blues win in overtime. So uh, hockey's just crazy hockey's you know maybe the craziest of all these sports when you look at the live betting although uh you know nba mlb certainly have their moments as well the nba games have just been absolutely terrible blowout after blowout uh the nba has just been a disaster in terms of these playoffs and, and they start the games at nine o'clock 9 30 at night too i mean and every game's a blow every game you look up and it's you know 20 points before you can blink you know, 87 to 70. Miami last night could not score against Boston. That series is over. Boston's going to the finals. It's going to be a Golden State Boston NBA finals, which I think will be a good finals. I, I do think it'll be a good finals. You get Curry, you know, you get Tatum, you get the history of the Celtics and their dynasties of past and all that with the recent dynasty uh, of the Warriors, which is kind of rebooted here with a, a younger team around. The age of Curry and Clay and Draymond. So give the, give the Warriors credit here for rebooting, losing Durant, getting an asset for him, uh, doing it a, kind of a different way here without the super team. And remember, before Durant, uh, this team was pretty damn good too. With uh, look, they won a title and they won seventy three games the next year. So this this team has a lot of talent. And, you know, give them some credit here because they went two years without playing in the playoffs, and here they are uh, on the precipice of making a finals tonight. As they play the Mavs, line is seven. I would expect the Warriors to win, but that seven looks like a lot. So maybe for once we get a decent game. Maybe for once we get, you know, a close game, which is when it's, you know, 103, 101 with 45 seconds left. I mean, for once, maybe we'll get a good game because we have not had a lot of them here in the playoffs. You know, Buck Celtics was a good series. Game one of Nets Celtics was good, but boy, these series, these games have just been terrible. Uh, but coming up next, we'll get into the Mets, the Yankees, how they navigate the injuries, uh, who could they could possibly target once the trade deadline comes around. We'll discuss all of that with Bob Nightingale of the USA Today. That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.
baseball is here and bet rivers has a special offer for you every saturday throughout the season place a three-leg same game parlay of at least 25 dollars and you will earn a 10 dollar free bet with same game parlays you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo terms and conditions apply see site for details claim your offer on the bet rivers app or go to betrivers.com must be 21 or older available in new york only void where prohibited gambling problem Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. Yankees in first place, Mets in first place. Both have hit a little bit of a rough, rough patch here with the injuries the last week or so. To break all of it down, uh, somebody I've wanted to have on for a while. He is a columnist for USA Today, MLB Radio Network Insider, a legend in the business. It is the great Bob Nightingale. Bob, thanks, man. Uh, appreciate you coming on. How's it going today? Yeah, doing good. Thanks for having me, William. All right, we'll start with the Yankees because this time last week, uh, everything was smooth sailing. They're in first place. They're winning every day. I mean, I guess they're still in first place. But uh, since then, it's been injuries with Chapman and Green, uh, guys on COVID. Stanton now, we're waiting on an MRI. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I guess my question would be, is it too early to go out and trade for somebody? Do you think the Yankees will navigate this with guys that are in-house, or do you think the Yankees make a move here? I think it's too early. Usually nobody makes any trades this early just because the uh, you know teams are going to get a lot more at the trade deadline, which is August 2nd this year. So I think you just have to kind of write it out uh, and see what happens. I mean, everybody's having injuries and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, you worry about Stanton. You know, and they weren't, weren't relying on him for 150 games anyway. Uh, Jack Green was a huge loss uh, in that bullpen. So I, I think they uh, ride, ride the wave out right now. Yeah, I think they can navigate the arms part of it more because they have the guys like Schmidt. They have uh, Marinaccio. They've got some arms. I think the kid pitching tonight's going to be a good pitcher, Sears. It's just the lineup. I think even when healthy, the lineup was a little thin. Hicks is giving them nothing. You know, uh, Trevino did a nice job last night, but, you know, they're a little weak at shortstop, at catcher. Hicks isn't giving them a lot. Gallo hasn't, you know, started to heat up. Uh, I think they were really a bat short even with everyone healthy. Now if you're going to take Stanton out of the lineup, you just worry about Judge. Is he going to get anything to hit in this lineup? Yeah, I mean, Alahadi is. I certainly would not pitch to him. I'd pitch to anybody else but him. So we'll see. We'll see how long LeMayhew's out. It may just be a you know, day or two. And uh, But, yeah, they, they need Gallo to uh, produce. I mean, he has not produced like they you know envisioned when they traded for him last uh, last July. So they need him to, you know, uh, you know, hit some home runs, really. And, uh, you know, not so much getting base. It's not like he's still in second base or anything like that. But they, they need him to hit some homers and be a threat in Atlanta. Yeah, no doubt. Um, now, I think, like I said, I think they can navigate the arms part of it. I, I think Marinaccio, they got, you know, they've got some younger pitchers, although Garcia hasn't given them what they've hoped. He's had a bad year in AAA. Uh, is there anywhere to go within the system for a bat? I, I think they're probably, you know, Florio, I, I don't think is developed the, the way they probably wanted to. You know, where would they go here for a bat? Let's say, you know, worst case uh, scenario for Stanton, he's out for a few months and, Look, if you know anything about Stanton's history with the Yankees, once he goes to the deal, he's usually there a while. Uh, if the Yankees, you know what, we need a bat. We desperately need someone. Is, is there anyone that can step in? Is Andujar that guy? Where do you think the Yankees go here for some offense? Yeah, I think they just kind of, uh, you know, mix and match and bring some uh, you know, young young guys up and see what happens and uh, ride it out. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I would think one guy that might be a good fit with them would be a, a, a Tommy Pham in Cincinnati Reds. Obviously, they're going to trade him. But I just don't know, you know, how much you have to give up now 
you know, uh, compared to if you wait till uh, at the end of July uh, or, you know, August 2nd in this case. So I think they'll run a trade market, but I, I just think it's too early. I think they have no choice but to say, you know what, uh, maybe the offense won't be there. We'll have to ride it out with it with the pitching. Make sure that dominates. Yeah, and the one thing you can get, I mean, it's hard to get a starting pitcher at the deadline, but they're not going to need that. It doesn't look like with Cole and Cortez and Severino and, and Montgomery. Uh, you know, you can get a bullpen guy, you can get a bat, so they're at least you know good in terms of that because bats and bullpen guys are, are the one things you can find at the deadline. It's hard to get a starting pitcher, but um, look, if you know they're going to be outstanding, if they're going to be without Stanton a while, without Lemayhew a while, it's going to be an issue. Uh, I was going to ask you about Hicks. I guess if there's enough injuries, Hicks isn't going to lose his job just because, you know what, they need bodies. But, I mean, look, it's the New York Yankees. It's the American League East. We're almost at Memorial Day. He's got two extra base hits. He's got one homer, one double. Uh, do you think Hicks, they look to upgrade him at some point? Is there any way to, you know, sort of upgrade his spot? Because I just don't – I know he walks. He plays a decent outfield. It's just – it's hard to live with an outfielder who's giving you two extra base hits this deep into the season. Oh, it is. I mean, he's got to step it up. I mean, you know, like you said, William, if you have him and, uh, you know, Gallo both struggling like that, you know, it, it, it makes it tough. So they're going to have to, uh, you know, make some moves to the trade deadline. And like I said, I just kind of ride the wave right now and hope some guys, you know, come available. Uh, you know, who knows? But there's going to be, uh, it's going to be a seller's market just because there's going to be so many buyers here and we'll see who wants to uh, give up. I mean, obviously, they'd love to see the Red Sox follow this thing, so they can grab a couple, you know, one or two of those bats. When the time comes, I would imagine Yankees have been very conservative lately with the prospects, even spending in the offseason. I would imagine Dominguez, Peraza, Volpe are pretty much off limits. Is is that a safe assumption to make you think? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, they've been talking about Volpe forever. I remember last uh, September seeing the Yankees and, uh, you know, the front office people told me then, don't even consider, uh, you know, that they're going to trade or try to acquire a big-time free agent shortstop because they like Volpe that much. And uh, so we just want a guy to ride it out. Obviously doing that with, uh, you know, Kiner and, uh, and and see what happens. But, yeah, they've gone they, – they value those guys too much now to trade them away. They used to do that. They don't really do it anymore. And, uh, you know, if they want to – Want to be below the uh, luxury tax? Uh, you got to have those young guys. Yeah, no doubt. And they've really they've tiptoed that luxury tax, uh, you know, pretty consistently here the last few years. Chapman, uh, he's not pitched well. Doesn't throw as hard. He throws the ball all over the place. I mean, his command is definitely uh, not what it used to be. Now, now it's a league. Look, four or five years ago, he's throwing 103, 104 miles an hour. Now everybody's throwing 100, and his velocity's kind of dipped. So his effectiveness. Uh, you know, he's really tailed off. Do you think even when he comes back healthy that Holmes takes over the job? I know, uh, you know, Chapman's got a big reputation. He's got a big ego. It's hard to just plug him in the sixth or seventh inning and say, here you go. I don't know if that'll be an issue. How do you think the Yankees handle Chapman here going forward? Well, I think when it comes back, you've got to give him the uh, job. I mean, he knows he can handle it. Uh, I think it'd be too big a blow to the, uh, to the ego not to do it. I mean, we saw what happened last year with the White Sox. You know, when they trade for Craig Kimbrell, put him in the eighth inning, it was a complete disaster. I think Chapman kind of thrives on that. Uh, you know, I think, hey, he's got a chance to go to the Hall of Fame. He's got to, you know, keep pitching uh, in, in the ninth inning and get those saves. So I'd put him back in the role, but maybe you have to adjust your pitching style. I mean, look at Noah Syndergaard. I know he's a starter, but, you know, he doesn't throw anywhere close to what he was with the Mets, but he's more effective than ever. 
just by delivering off-speed pitches and attacking that, uh, the strike zone. So maybe Chapman just has to change his uh, repertoire. Yeah, he's out of the splitter, which is a good pitch. It's just, again, the command uh, is an issue. And he's a guy, he, he's gotten better as the season goes on. Typically in years past, you know, the velocity starts to tick up as the weather gets warmer. So maybe there's hope for him. Now, again, he's not as bad as some people make him seem. He's still, you look at his numbers. I mean, he's still pretty good year in, year out. And uh, you made a good case. I, I guess I should follow up with that. You, do you think he's a Hall of Famer or do you think he still has work to be done? I think work to be done. I mean, I know people talk about Craig Kimbrell. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, a lot of work to be done, I think, in his case. Uh, but, yeah, you have to rack up those numbers. I mean, look at it. You know, uh, John Franco's not in there. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, great closers. Billy Wagner. Wag yeah, Wagner he's, should be in. He's I moving thought up on the thing. I think he'll get in, but it's a, uh, taking a while. So, you know, I, I think the key with the, uh, you know, Mariano was all the uh, playoff experiences in World Series. And I think that's what could help Chapman uh, as well. You know, probably help out his case. Maybe close out some, you know, World Series games. Judge, just an incredible start. Uh, let's just play a little hypothetical here. Let's say he just keeps up this pace relatively to what he's doing now. Let's say he hits 60 homers, pretty good average, bunch of RBIs. And Otani pretty much gives you what he gave you last year. Now, Guerrero had hit for the Triple Crown. And, you know, I think Otani got every single first place vote. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, do you think there will be a little bit of voter fatigue with Otani? Let's just say Judge hits 60. Otani pretty much does what he did last year. How do you think the voters will, will uh, organize this MVP situation? Well, yeah, it could be a little bit of fatigue. Like, okay, we're, you know, Otani's got his award. Let's get somebody new. Obviously, it helps uh, being in New York. And a lot, you know, if it's real close, it's going to come down to, okay, uh, who's got his team in the playoffs? Now, if the Yankees are in the playoffs or win the division, and the Angels sitting home, that I think is a slam dunk. That that judge and the numbers are comparable. You know, would would win the MVP. But it should be a uh, yeah, it should be a, a great a great race. Uh, you know, Otani's not doing it offensively like he was a year ago. You know, had a nice year, but nothing like he was. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit of just the spectacle wears off when the you know we see something for the first time it's like oh my god the guy hit i think hit 38 homers last year he's one of the best hitters he's one of the best pitchers i think you know we see this in football with the heisman where it's hard to win the heisman back-to-back -back years because people just sort of become numb to it they expect it so it'll be interesting to see going forward uh you know the mvp race and judges just having an incredible year now if stanton's hurt and, and you don't pitch the judge look if i'm pitching a judge i'm just going to throw breaking balls off the plate and if you want to strike yourself out go ahead if you want to take your first base here go ahead but i'm just not going to let you beat you i'll let Gleber torres beat me i'll let you know donaldson beat me i'm just not going to pitch the judge uh if stanton's not there to protect him no and that's why it'd be even more impressive to see if the yankees win the division say if stanton's out for a while you know to do it almost like you know carrying the whole load i wish mike trout is down but you know Mike Trout, you know, wasn't leading them to division titles. They weren't even making the playoffs. He was getting some MVPs. So I think if, uh, you know, Judge leaves the Yankees to the playoffs, but took it without, you know, too much help, you know, he might be a runaway MVP. I'll ask you to bust out your crystal ball here. How does this Judge negotiation play out? Do they sign him and not let him get to free agency and just say, you know what, we're going to overpay here? Not overpay, but uh, we don't want you to hit free agency. What you know, does he stay with the Yankees? What sort of contract are we looking at? What do you see here with Judge in terms of the free agency and a contract going forward? Well, I think he stays with the Yankees. Uh, I think the Yankees let him go to free agency. You know, they may, you know, maybe they did that with Derek Jeter too. Say, hey, go ahead and test the market and uh, we'll be here. And we think we're right. 
uh, you know, let's be honest, when Judge hits a free agency, you're only going to have two or three teams bidding on him uh, because the money he's going to come in. People just won't pay that kind of uh, salary. So, you know, I think Judge will love to remain a Yankee his whole career. And he may say, okay, uh, man, we'll get uh, Trout money. And he got a 10-year extension for $360 million because of age. But maybe he gets what he was talking about before. Maybe he gets a seven-year deal, perhaps an eight-year deal at, you know, 36 million a year. Would the idea of Cohen scare them? Because it would scare me if I'm the Yankees because that guy's got deep pockets. He doesn't seem to mind the spend. You know, he just cut Cano loose and here you go. Here's your check. We're going to move on. You know, Judge would be a, a – he's a huge draw. He hits the ball nine miles. He's got the name. He's marketable. You know, I think you know Cohen would love the idea of stealing Judge away from the Yankees, putting him in City Field and right field every night. Uh, would the idea of Cohen scare you if you're the Yankees? In a little bit. I mean, you still got Lindor at over a three hundred million dollar contract. You know, at some point, you know, you got to do something with uh, with Pete Alonso. Uh, you got some you know high priced guys on there, obviously with with Max Scherzer. Uh, we can do about Jacob Degrom. So I would think if there's any team that could scare him, would be San Francisco Giants. Uh, the Giants were, uh, you know, right there in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes. Uh, came in a little bit too late. Uh, this, the, the years and the contract were a little light. But hey, if you want to sell tickets, he's from the Bay Area, you know, or you know, north of the Bay Area. Uh, you know, that would be the team I would be more fearful of than anybody else. I mean, you know, the, the Dodgers aren't going to be involved. You know, I don't see uh, the Cubs or any of those teams. But I, I would think. Uh, the Giants would be more of a favorite than the Mets, but I still think the Yankees would be the overwhelming favorite. I can tell you where he's not going. He's not going to the A's. He's not going to the Pirates. Boy, there are some empty ballparks. There are some bad teams. Uh, you've been covering this sport for a long time. Do you think this is a black eye for the sport? What do you think the solution here? The, you know, the gap between the haves and the have-nots is pretty significant uh, right now. What's your take on all that? Yeah, I mean, when you're having teams with the two or six million dollar payrolls and other teams. Below 60 million, you know, you got a little bit of a problem. Yeah, the game that where the uh, A's drew 2,400 fans, and those are tickets sold uh, to the turnstile. I think only about 1,400 fans were actually there. So yeah, the A's are a big problem. Tampa Bay is a problem. You know, Tampa Bay wins, they still can't draw. I still believe they got to go across a bridge into Tampa instead of St. Pete to give themselves a chance. Uh, Oakland, you just wonder how hard they're even trying to keep that team there. I think they got their eye in Vegas, and Miss Vegas, I think baseball would say, you know, feel free, because that's not one of our expansion sites anyway. Baseball would love to expand by two teams, by two cities, you should say, and those two cities are Nashville, Tennessee, and, um, and Montreal. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Vegas because, look, the cat's out of the bag now. All these things, we see a, a betting commercial every time you turn the TV on. It's not as frowned upon as it used to be. You got an uh, an NFL team there, an NHL team there. There's rumors an NBA team's going to go to Vegas. Do you think, what, in the next three years, five years, we see a team in Vegas, or it's not that uh, shortly down the road? I could see maybe five years. You're going to give them time to, uh, you know, build a retractable roof and everything else. I'm not sure it worked, William. I have my doubts. The reason I say that, I live in Phoenix, and uh, Phoenix is the fourth largest city in the country, and they have a hard time making baseball work. I just don't know, and in, in all these tourists in Vegas, it's a small city, are you really going to go there to go watch a baseball game? Hey, go inside for hockey is great. Uh, obviously, the, the Raiders is a, a gold mine because you have all the visiting fans that come in, you know, for that weekend. I think the NBA would work too. I just don't know about baseball working in Vegas. 
but it would still be a better solution, I think, than what's going on with Oakland. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the Mets, look, it, it's been pretty good here. I mean, despite the injuries, I mean, that was a great game last night. Like I said, we're recording this Wednesday. Just an incredible game last night. They lose 13-12, to just a, a wild game against the Giants. I guess similar to the question I have with the Yankees, do they just hold the fort here and just hope to Grom, Scherzer, uh, McGill work their way back soon enough where they don't cough up this lead in the East? Like, like I said, they're playing well without these guys. Uh, do you think they make a move you know, before the deadline comes? Do you think they just sort of just ho hold Pat here and uh, hope the guys in-house can do the job? Yeah, I think they're holding Pat. You know, as long as I like what the uh, Buck Showalter said, you know, when they came after the uh, DeGrom news, Said, hey, if you know, if we're going to be held back because of one injury, shame on us. We got to be born prepared. And you know, and he's correct in saying, hey, he's only pitching one once every fifth or sixth day. It's not like an, an everyday player. Granted, a guy like Scherzer pitches deep in games, so he affects the games before and after. But still, his point was, we're not going to let you know one starter uh, let it set us down. You know, I think they'll look around for starting pitching. You know, whether it's a, uh, you know, Lucas Steele of the Reds, uh, you know, even guys like a, a Wade Riley of the Cubs, that sort of thing, uh, and, and go from there. But I think they stay pat and say, okay, what do we need there uh, two, two months from now? But, you know, with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies struggling like they are, Atlanta's off to another, you know, tough start. Uh, when nobody else in your division is over 500, you can, you can afford to be patient. Do you think they had a bat as well? The lineup's pretty good. I think they could use one more guy. I know J.D. Martinez, a guy that's been rumored, he would certainly help them if Boston falls out of enough where they're going to sell. They play a little better recently. Do you think they had a bat at some point as well? They could. We'll see what a uh, we'll see what a Nelson Cruz uh, you know does. You know they can uh, if he you know uh, warms up. You know maybe go get him, stick him as your DH. Uh, you know Tommy Pham, as we mentioned before, the Yankees. He'd be a nice fit also with the. Uh, with the Mets, you know, at some point you got to say, okay, these guys are going to do it or not. You know, Dom Smith's been there for a while now, and I think they get decide, you know, and hey, we're going to keep this guy or not, or just you know have him come off the bench. But yeah, I, I think it'd be a lot easier to get a uh, a position player than it would be a premier starting uh, starting pitcher. How quickly you, do you think we see Degrom? Sounds like end of June is possible now. I'm always skeptical. I mean, look. At some point, it's just MRI after MRI. We haven't really gotten a hit. He's not throwing off a mound, but he, are you optimistic we see DeGrom sooner rather than later? I think July would be the earliest. We really do after the All-Star break. Remember, you know, uh, once he comes back and starts pitching, you're still talking yeah, about a month after that, you know, missing spring training and everything else. And you got to be so careful. I mean, the bottom line is if he comes back, even if he comes back August 1st, to have him ready for the uh, pennant stretch, and in the postseason, I mean, when he's right, he's the best pitcher in in baseball. So if it if you want to be cautious and wait a couple of weeks, you know they'll do so. I mean, they've been patient this far. I can't see him panicking all of a sudden and saying, "Okay, let's throw this guy in," even though he's not quite ready. A couple quick ones before we get you out of here. The Soto news, uh, the Soto headlines that he could be dealt. Seems like that's more headline stuff than actual, you know, reality. Do you think there's any? You know, scenario in which Washington just gets bowled over by a deal and trades Soto. He's so young and so good. I'd have a hard time seeing that. What are your thoughts on Soto? Yeah, they're not going to trade him. I mean, obviously a lot of teams like to have him. But, you know, they got control of him for two and a half more years. You still got to sell tickets and everything else. Uh, his trade value will go up in time. Uh, you know, if you're talking about a year and a half from now, before his free agent year, 
find uh, Harper to entertain uh, trade offers for him. And, you know, at the trade deadline is uh, is Walkier. So you can do the same thing with Soto. So, you know, you can still get a lot from him, you know, a year and a half, two years down the line. But uh, the national people told me there's zero chance of him being traded. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Uh, last one. A anyone playing really well in first place right now that you don't think hangs on, that you think kind of comes back to the pack? And then uh, the inverse. Anyone that's out of it right now, Atlanta, somebody that's playing poorly that you think has a run in them? Yeah. Uh, reverse, reverse order, I'd go Atlanta. I mean, they've done this uh, the last few years. Uh, kind of play a you know, Muhammad Ali rope-a-dope type thing and then come on like gangbusters. Uh, I think you know, if the Mets are looking at some team, that's a team to watch out for. Just way too much talent to be playing like that. Uh, on the flip side, maybe the Minnesota Twins, and they're a hard two-game pace right now. They lost, what, 87 games, 89 games last year. So I don't expect them to keep this up. I still think the Chicago White Sox, you know, have a, you know, more talent than the Twins, especially now the Twins lost Chris Paddock for the year, you know, one of their young starters. So I would expect the... Uh, Twins to fall. I'm not saying they can't still make the playoffs or even win the division, but fall back enough where uh, a team like the White Sox could over, overtake them. Yeah, I totally agree. I've been saying the same thing about Atlanta. If you're the Mets, hey, kick them while they're down. They're not playing well. You know, make this a 10-11 game lead. Don't let them hang around six, seven. Don't be in a scenario here where you're playing them late August and it's a three or four game lead and you're playing them for four games and they got a chance to sweep you and tie you for the division because, like like you said, they're they're championship tough. They have pitching. You know, they got Acuna back. That that's not a team you want back in the race. They have don't give them life. They're they're playing poorly. Kind of kick them when they're down if you got a chance if you're the Mets. Yeah, absolutely. They've been through this before. They don't panic. Uh, they know they're a talented team. Uh, you know, they got guys back. They said, Kuna's back. Osuna's with them all year. Uh, you know, the, the pitching's been a uh, healthy uh, couple, you know, injuries to the bullpen. But still, now you got Kenley Jansen to go with Will Smith. So, yeah, I, I think they're still very, very dangerous. Uh, but you're right, William. If, you know, take, take advantage of their struggles. You know, try to build that, you know, seven, eight game lead, to, you know, to over to double digits by the all star break if you could. Bob Nightingale, appreciate you coming on. I've enjoyed your work for a long time. Let everyone know where they can find your work. Thanks, William. Yeah, just in uh, usatoday.com. And or, or I'll uh, certainly tweet out my stories on B Nightingale on, on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, so I write for uh, usatoday.com. So if you don't want to buy the paper, you can always go on, online. And I'm not sure anybody buys papers anymore. Everybody goes online. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. This was fun. Hopefully, we'll do it again down the line. Enjoy your holiday. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for coming on. All right. My pleasure. Thank you, buddy. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Bob Nightingale. Enjoyed that conversation. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, hoping to have Mike Westoff, former Jets special teams coach. He's going to join us. He's got a new book out, so we'll talk to him about some Jets, their season win total, their draft, his experience with the Jets, and uh, a lot more. So hopefully, we'll get Mike on tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening. This is the New York City Cast presenting.